we are lucky to live in times where we can access all knowledge known to man at the tip of our fingers. Just by listening, we can learn valuable information that our ancestors would have fought wars for. But what use is having all this knowledge if you don't apply it? That's what we're about. We're a couple of young Aussie blokes hailing from Sydney. We love learning about how to improve our lives and get the most out of it. But we've come to the realisation that there's no point knowing all this without any action. So our message is simple. First listen, then do. Learn, and then apply. Take action. We are the Listen and Do Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Listen and Do Podcast. This is your Lawrence, and I'm here today with my co-host Drew. How are you going? Very well, mate. How are you? Not bad. So I was on Instagram the other day and I was actually browsing and looking at some food uh, when I came across a bunch of donuts, um, which is my go-to snack. Um, and then I found this awesome uh, business where uh, a good mate is putting donuts on shirts. So today we have the uh, founder and owner of uh, Pocky Shop. Is that how you pronounce it? Pockety. Pockety Shop, sorry. I butchered it. Um, so today we're having a chat with Penny. Say hi, guys. Hi, I'm good. How are you guys going? Yeah, very well. Good thanks. Day. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I kind of just found your Instagram page um, and it was pretty interesting. Um, as obvious, uh, I'm a fan of food. So, and I like wearing like really weird clothing. So just wanted to have a chat and check how you're going with everything. Um, so... Give us a bit about your background. How'd you get into, or just give us a bit about yourself. Awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, thank you guys for having me. I actually just graduated um, five years bachelor degree last year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, just, well, ceremony got cancelled, just got a paper delivered in my home. Uh, so apart from, yeah, apart from that, um, I'm currently working full-time. So I'm at the office at the moment. I'm at the New South Wales Police Force. So... It's going to like lock the door so police don't come in. At the moment. <laughs> yeah. And so that's full time. And I tend to have um, a lot of spare time after work, nine to five. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of nine to five job. And then I go home and that's where I normally spend my free time inventing, innovating and working on my business. And mm-hmm. that's how I pockety comes along. I love doing business myself. I used to have a business when I was first year uni. Um, that did not go well because I was still so young and now I really want to take Pockety on board and making it more serious about it. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, can I just ask then? So um, Lawrence is the one who actually gave me a heads up and said, okay, you should check out this page. So I ended up having a look at it. And I feel like I have an idea of what Pockety is and um, what it's about. I even read like your mission statement, which is really cool. Um, so do you mind kind of giving us an idea of like, what is Pockety? Like, what are you guys are about? what do you sell essentially yeah um interestingly people went on my instagram they thought i sell donuts um i actually can't cook <laughs> fun fact <laughs> yeah and they thought i sell burgers and all that but no it's kind of t-shirt but i don't want to kind of present my business as selling t-shirt just another t-shirt business but more of selling brand and selling lifestyle where people can represent that so that's where I kind of wanted to um, position my business off. It started last year, actually, um, in August. So I was still in uni. I was 
bored doing my thesis. I was in class looking at food photos <laughs> and I just came across um, donuts and all that. I went to Vivid Sydney. That's where my inspiration came from. I actually never liked donuts, never really had it. I lived nearby Krispy Kreme, never really go there. Wow. And I went to Vivid <laughs> Yeah, I went to Vivid. Um, <laughs> <Bloody Vivid. triggered. laughs> like exactly. that's prime real estate. <laughs> exactly. Never really liked donuts. And now oh. I'm like a massive fan of it. So I went there and there was so many food trucks over there. And I came across this donut shop. Um, they sell mini donuts. And it was like a hot mini donuts called Diego's Donut. And they are only a pop-up shop. Went there straight thing, not even looking at the lights. I went a donut straight away. And I had it and you know, those little mini donuts, you have one bite and you just keep on eating it. So I only went to Vivid to buy donuts. I wasn't even looking at life. And that's where the inspiration came from that I actually really like donuts, just keep on eating it. So I went on Google and I searched for a donut shirt because I wanted to something that I could wear so that I don't always have to eat it. And I went on Amazon, I went on Etsy, eBay to find a donut apparel. And I couldn't really find anything that I liked. You know, I wanted to be in a pocket specifically. And some of them were fake. You know, pockets were drawn on. Some of them aren't really good design. And it was just, it wasn't kind of my liking. And as a designer, I have a very particular kind of style that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started um, how I want to picture my donut shirt. And it was just going to be just for me. I never really wanted to kind of sell it. And I wanted specifically in the pocket just because um, I wanted to mimic the kind of guilty pleasure notion. And you guys know guilty pleasure, right? Um, you have this thing that you really love and you love doing, but you're kind of embarrassed to tell people or show people about it, like the kind of guilty pleasure notion. And I felt about that. We're living in this world full of judgment and people judge for what you love doing. People judge you that you love donuts. Like people judge me for eating donuts. And they were saying about like, oh, you're going to have unhealthy lifestyle. You're going to get fat and all these lifestyle, you know, people judge you for what you love to do. So I wanted to mimic guilty pleasure. And thus I wanted to have in the pocket. But at the same time, um, I felt that you shouldn't really be hiding what you love doing. You should be embracing it and enjoying live your life. Why do you care what judging so that's when I started having a drip I designed the little drips on the pocket so that people can see it and the drips kind of symbolizes embracement and embrace what you're carrying with you so what's in your pocket so that's how I came with pockety and I drew it up donuts in the pocket with a drip in the front and I check my competitors see if anyone's done it no no one has done it and instead of selling um another donut t-shirt which you can just get on amazon i wanted to sell um lifestyle and embracement and branding so yeah that's how i everything behind pockety which i don't think anyone would have thought of i even just thought that it's a donut shirt yeah i would have just thought it's a donut shirt but no oh, it's it's really good it sounds like it was really organic and that's probably why it's grown in popularity so much um i showed it to oh sorry i was just gonna say i just quickly um i showed your page to my girlfriend and she said that your shirts are really cute she likes them oh thank you yeah i only have two designs at the moment (laughs) yeah you've got the burger Mm. and the donut and yes is this is this ice cream as well yeah, so the reason I only launch um, very minimal design was because the minimum order is 100 and I don't have the 
ability to seal or anything like handmade stuff. So I get it manufactured um, overseas in Thailand and that's where I came from. My family's there as well. I stock there and anyone who comes to Australia to visit me, please bring my shirt as well. So that, that kind of business. And yeah, so I would order 100 minimum and that's why I'm two design at a time for the launch. Yeah. So you did mention that you had another business during or before. Um, do you want to go through that or you don't, you, is that like something you want to ignore completely? Oh, um, I, I can talk about it. It's not something that I'm proud of because it wasn't a massive success. You know, I was 18 years old. I was doing engineering, wasn't really doing well. So I was like, I want to start a business. And I had a handmade jewelry business where I would just be, you know, making handmade jewelries and doing the plaits and tight knots and get material from Thailand. And it was extremely time consuming, you know, like one bracelet would took me an hour and I had studying to do and I had all these other things to do. So I couldn't keep up with their demand as well. And I didn't know anything about social media. So I would do this thing like buy followers and, you know, those tokens, coins and yep, you you know it. Yeah. So I felt that, um, one, not even getting a much engagement, but also I'm not much of a seller as well because they're all like fake followers and all that. So I was doing it for about three years and I know it's a quite a lot, a lot of time, but during that three years, it wasn't much of an improvement as well because um, anyone who bought my juries was only my friends. Like I would be forcing my friends to buy my juries. <laughs> and <laughs> another time was that I can only sell it to girls and I was doing in engineering, which is like 20% girls in the whole degree. Mm. So that was a challenge as well. And I kind of stopped three years after and felt that after I graduate, I really want to do pocketed differently. And yeah, that's where I am now. Yeah, that's Sweet. cool. Yeah. Uh, did you, so from the first business to what you're doing now, uh, is it like, what's the main thing you took out of it? Like, what, what did you do differently? What I did differently, um, definitely I used more of my design skills. I wasn't a designer back then and I started designing only three years ago, three, four, three to four years ago when I changed, got out of engineering, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I started designing my Instagram content, design um, everything in hand and Instagram content took a lot of time to look at the color palette. I look at branding, I look at marketing and read a lot of that um just design as a first impression because um e-commerce and online store you you don't have a physical store where people walk in and feel like home but mm-hmm. i treated my instagram page as if people go into my instagram um what's the first thing they look at what would they read and how long would they scroll what's the most picture that stands out so i thought like embed psychology in it as well so put myself in another person's shoes like as a user and then go through my Instagram and see like, how would they like my Instagram? Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing, um, content creation with the design. And then the second thing is um, getting followers organically. And I promised myself not to spend any money on marketing and getting followers anymore. So what I did differently, and you'll probably be really surprised, every night before I go to bed, I would follow 20 people, 20 related content, just follow, follow and likes and comments. And it was the most... Um, like exhausting process you would have imagined. Like, I wish I could automate that. But at the same time, you know, like Instagram automation tools. Did you get that from Gary Vee? 
No. Um, I, I heard the I, exact same thing from Gary Vee. He said, um, you know, but it was 15, not 20. So you're already doing more than what mm-hmm. he recommended. But he was like, um, just imagine that, you know, each time you comment or likes someone else who has similar content, that's like a dollar and try to earn $15 every day. So yeah, that was kind of his thing. Like, you know, just comment um, on all the similar content like pages mm-hmm. and then over time organically that will build your page. You just remind me of that. So I was just wondering if you got that from him. No, I, I got it from my ex-boss, my ex-manager. So um, every week we have a one-on-one. We just talk about pockety business and how it's growing. So I think I was really fortunate to have a boss mentor who believes in my vision and passion as well in business. So he told me, you've got to follow 50 a day. And at, as a start, you know, you're going from zero and getting to 100 was I felt so down and it was mentally draining and, you know, you go through like such a down time that you just want to give up business already and going from zero to 100, I felt like it would take ages and he would be like, you got to follow 50 a day and make goals. When they get to 100 before January, you got to have goals, like measurable goals. So when it comes to the 31st of January, I was so scared that I would fail my goals and I would also fail as a person and to him so i was like 31st of january i've got to get that 100 and i was on instagram um so much yeah it's just that's the hardest part of the business i guess like social media Hmm. all right and um your ex-boss was he or she was your ex-boss someone that you worked in a nine-to-five for and they were still supportive of your side business because i think a lot of people are hesitant about talking about side businesses in their nine to five job, especially with their boss. Yeah, um, exactly. I think um, I, I didn't want to talk about it, but he went, so what's happening in your life? And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll tell you. So <laughs> it went through. Um, I felt that for me, I have nothing to hide. It's just like my personality. Um, if I'm working in a nine to five job um, and I have a manager, I shouldn't really be hiding anything from them because if I want personal growth, I should be talking to my manager about it. And that's the first thing in, in like even in job interview, I tell them I run a business as my side hobbies. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of managers these days, like hiring managers, they see as an entrepreneurship skills, not really a threat to your business. You know, as long as you get your work done, as long as, you know, it shows that you have leadership skills and having a business as a side hustle. I think that takes a lot of time in front of the nine to five job. So before I started, I'm working at this police New South Wales thing. I was at another company and that's where um, I met my boss who supported this business. Yeah. Nice. I like yeah. that. That's a really good approach. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to have a mentor who, who believes in you. Yeah. You know, so at least it didn't shoot it down. So it's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So currently, if you go onto uh, Pockety uh, Shop, which is your Instagram page, it says you're currently closed during the COVID season. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming that's because you can't get anything shipped over at the moment. I know. Yeah. So I, <laughs> the borders closed no international shipping and my stocks in Thailand. So I don't have any restocking at the moment and a lot of my items stuck at the custom. So I didn't want to let my customers down and, you know, decreasing that loyalty as well. So I would close temporarily. And I think this morning, um, one of the parcel landed in London. I got an email about that. I'm like, okay, London's open. That's the only country at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. So you do have customers overseas as well then. It's not just Australia based. 
Yeah, um, interestingly, I don't market my um, T-shirt to Australia. Um, I don't market at all in Sydney. So if you look at my Instagram, um, majority, like I go to my analytics, majority of my followers are US and then um, second is UK. So the reason why I don't market in Sydney is I had a look at the, you know, food lifestyle and it's a very... um very kind of niche um, market, you know, Sydney and you look at Melbourne and you look at like what's in Perth, sorry, but what's in Brisbane, it's kind of like very segregated. But if you look at America, what the food is in America, it's so big and the population in LA, population in California, I had to get a map up when I was looking at who to follow and see where I want my business to be. And I had a goal where like, wow, I want to get my shirt in seven state by the end of this amount of month and so and also it's cheaper to sell in us when converted to australia you get higher amount of money that's mm. one thing that i learned that's smart yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, otherwise how are you like coping with the current pandemic like how are you what are you doing to like just keep the ball rolling at the moment yeah, so apart from, you know, not being able to make a lot of sales and orders, I would um, keep customer engagement. So I'm trying to learn about my customers a lot and be more engaged on Instagram because a lot of my sales are from Instagram and from, you know, foodie supportive network. So hopefully I would be setting goals. Um, so what I do is I set goals for each month. So three goals for each month. And this end of May, I set that I would get, 2,500 followers by end of May. And that's what I'll try to do and achieve. So when I feel like when I get a lot of followers, then when I finally launch my business, then hopefully that's where my sales coming from. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right. I like that. Yeah, it's good to have those um, goals in place. And also just making sure that you have the goals each month as well. So you're like regular with it. It's not too far away. So you might be like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll just write off May and I'll do it in June. Um, you have it like you have that level of accountability each month. Do you tell your, um, sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it feels like um, your business is going somewhere and you achieve something. Like I never used to have goals when I created business, I would just wake up and okay. Um, any sales today and you feel down when you don't have any goals. So I have three for each month and then I have a yearly goals and then I have like a vision goals. Like, yeah. Mm. And where do you learn these techniques? Are, are you someone that reads or follows other entrepreneurs? Um, do you read books? Do you listen to podcasts? Like where do you get your inspiration from? I got my inspiration from my old workplace, actually, where I met my mentor. So the way that the company runs is based on goals. So each, um, they work on quarterly. So then every quarterly you come up with new goals and that's like five goals. So they call it top five. And at the end of three months or four months, then you um, look at your top five and that will kind of convert to your bonuses. So everyone will be working towards like one goal and it just feels so good to kind of cross the goals off mm. each, each month as you're going. And then they have a yearly plan and then they have like a mega, mega goal plan. And I felt that I want to apply to strategies to my own business as well. That, that's my inspiration. Yeah, sure. So it sounds like you listened and then you do, like you did it. So that's what our podcast is about without saying too cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like, you know, that's our kind of mantra. There's so much information out there, right. In the world, we live in amazing times where like, you know, look at your phone, 
you can find any information that's available to any person, right? That throughout history. So it's like we have this information overload. So a lot of people tend to not apply it or do anything about it. So it sounds like, you know, mm. you, you worked at this great workplace and um, I'm sure New South Wales police forces as well, but this previous one seems like it's very entrepreneurial, which is really cool. And that yeah. kind of planted the seed and you learned a lot of things and you're also smart enough to like, see, okay, this person will help me and my own growth. So let me stay in touch with this person because they can mentor me. How did yeah. you approach your mentor, by the way? Like, is that something that you just say, hey, can you mentor me? Or, like, is it less formal? No. Um, so he was my manager. So he was the one who hired me as a designer for the company. And he was about like a couple of years um, older than me. So we connected in like, you know, not as a boss and colleague level, but we were kind of like family, brothers and sister. He'll tell me his problem. I'll tell him his problem, that kind of thing. And the company works in a way that it's a lot of goals. So every time we have a one-on-one catch up, how you're going, he will be setting goals. What do you want to do next? And I think um, I launched Pockety um, during when I was in that company. So I told all my colleagues about it. I think I even got my colleagues to buy some as well. I think the CEO even knows that I have a business too. So it went from that, like just, within that whole um, company myself, just selling t-shirts to them. And I think as long as you perform and you're still working for them, like a nine to five, I think, I don't think they expect you to work like overtime or anything. So I was still like performing while doing um, business on the side. Yeah. Do you have any end goals? Like, do you want to be financially free or like what's, what's the, what do you like see yourself in like 30 years kind of thing? Mm, that, that's a big question. Um, I think um, when it comes to financially freedom, I am a massive worker. I love working and I am terrible at money myself. So I'm like learning how to like do finance and all that, even with my own business pockety. So I think my end goal, um, I don't think I'll be um, a designer for the rest of my life and working in a corporate kind of job. I'm kind of very entrepreneurial. So I want to teach and run a business at the same time, teach things that you can't really learn from uni or from high school. So a lot of that I do, um, a lot of things that I do, I just learn by experience and I don't really plan. I just do it. And then I'll plan later, just like pockety. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, it seems to be working for you, which is good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said you're not great with your finances. So you don't, mm. in, do you save or do you invest in anything at all? Or other than yeah, your business? So I, I do my savings and what I should probably should have done um, in the beginning is separate my business finance and personal finance. So sometimes I don't even know like, how much I earn in poverty. So that's <laughs> one thing. And so that's something like to work on, uh, finance like money numbers is like because my brain has been absorbed in design abstracts and all that and having like training numbers kind of going to be taking time in that yeah so that's something to work on and yeah I, I, I definitely get the, like the creative vibe from you you don't strike mm-hmm. me as like um the numbers person that's going to be running looking through the books and the accounting records and looking at your credits and debits you seem like the person who just wants to design things and um, yeah, maybe, maybe think strategically. That's how I kind of view it. I, I just kind of do it. So I thought like, oh, I want to do a business. I'll start tomorrow and then I'll start planning to finance later when I find out that where do my money go and <laughs> yeah, yeah, think of something still, and do it straight away and then plan later. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, 
you're very young and you're still like in your early days of the business. Mm -hmm. So I think now it's more about just building that up. And like your mentor said, like building up that growth organically. Yeah, exactly. It's taking so much time. Mm. Yeah, sure. Oh, you're on your way. It's all good. Um, so probably most important question. Um, how do you, how do you turn down for the day? Do you like, because you got to balance your life out. It's not always business. So like, do you, what is mm. your, like your turn down? What is it? I don't know. How do you describe it? How do you switch off? Like like relaxation time. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like you, you work your nine to five, you come home and then you said that you work on your business. So are you just a workaholic or do you like to just switch off and just, I don't know, hang out with friends, family, whatever? Yeah, I, I used to be a workaholic. I think probably still a little bit, but I'm more relaxed now because of this COVID season. Um, one of the things is my friends all live an hour away from me and I don't normally see my friends that much. And especially now. So I feel like there's no different because I don't really see my friends anyway outside of COVID. So I'm, cause I live so far away and I have, have to catch the train an hour and a half to see my friends. Yeah. So during my downtime, um, I like to watch crime movies and read crime books and learn about like criminals. I know it's completely different, but it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then I started working at police and I'm like, I got this. I've been watching how to get away with murder. <laughs> uh, Have you been watching Money Heist as well? Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, I think like a more like detective kind of detective crime, like more realistic. Okay. Yeah. Money Heist is super realistic. What are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't Money Heist Russia? Russia? Uh, like it's in Russia, Spain. Mafia? Spain. Ah. So it's not in English. Yeah, it's, trans- <laughs> it's got subtitles and stuff, but yeah, it's worth a watch. Have you seen it, Drew? No, it comes yeah. up on my Netflix, but um, I haven't clicked on it. But it looks um, pretty good, and I've heard, I've heard some good reviews about it. I used to watch this okay. other one called uh, Criminal Minds. I think that's what it's called. It used yeah. to be on TV. Yeah, back in the day when you like people used to watch TV, I'd watch that. Apparently, <laughs> that's messed up, isn't it? Like, it's really... Like it gets really crazy, doesn't it? Or is that something else? Uh, maybe those... something else. I don't know. Yeah, just the same like a typical detective show for me. Mm. It's pretty, pretty okay. standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess um, now that you work at the police force, um, how does that like interact with your business, like Pockety? Is that something that people are curious about? Do they ask you about it? Or um, I guess... Yeah, like I imagine some people would be curious if they work a nine to five and then you're also, you're on your lunch break right now, you're on a podcast. Like, How does that go down at work? Yeah, so um, my, my new workplace, um, so I'm contracted with the New South Wales Police Force as a consultant. So my actual manager and my team, they all know about my business and my passion for donuts. And that's, yeah, that's not that much. Um, I don't sell my T-shirt to the police. I think I'm too scared to do that. You could. <laughs> the stereotype is for police that they love their donuts. I know. But I think, like, 
And for me myself, I'm not much of a seller. Like I am terrible at selling. I don't. Mm. I feel really guilty that yeah. I have to force someone to buy my shirt. You know, go up to someone, hey, you want to buy my donut shirts? Like I feel mm. really guilty for that because if someone really likes my product, I would prefer them to kind of offer, um, mm. you know, and just buy my products. And the thing is, like, I don't really kind of go out of my way and just, hey, you know buy this and I feel like all the things that I do like kind of design work and all my business I felt that there's no kind of need to um, speak for myself and ask someone to buy it if they I want my work to kind of speak for itself yeah, yeah I'm not sure. really a seller I hate talking about my t-shirt sometimes oh, that makes yeah. sense yeah one of my first jobs was also working in sales and I, I hate mm. it. I, like, I, I just didn't want to go to work. I dread it each day because it's not for me. I, I, what you said, I, I can relate to just thinking about having to, it's not force, but it does feel like you're forcing them to buy something. That, yeah, I feel so guilty. Yeah, I feel so sorry for them. So I guess is marketing the way to do it then? Is that the indirect way of selling? Just having a good page, having a good brand and people just come to you then? Yeah, that's that's what I'm more leaning towards, you know, good page, good brand and good support. So the way I look at it, I really um, focus on creating customer loyalty and customer engagement. So make them feel like um, they are part of your business. And that's, I think that could work. Yeah. And how does, how's it, um, how does it work having your stock in Thailand? Um, is there like some formal business relationship that you need to set up? Are there any laws that you need to be aware of? Is it like that kind of stuff? Does that play a factor or is it just your, your family picking it up in their luggage and bringing it over to you? Oh, yeah. It's totally just my family picking it up. Um, I think as I mentioned before, I'm not really a planner. When I started my business, I found a manufacturer um, and then I made it and then I shoved it in my auntie's house in Thailand. And then just whenever like we get an order, so he or she, would, my auntie would send about, 12 or 20 to Australia and then I ship further. So that's something that shipping costs so much. And that's something that I would be working on in the future as well. But yeah, at the moment, um, because I'm not really um, selling as much and it's not as popular. So it's still okay to ship um, from Thailand to Sydney, then Sydney to UK. Yeah. At one point you'll have to go directly to the customer from Thailand then. Yeah, um, yeah, shipping from Thailand to UK is more expensive than shipping from Thailand, Sydney, and Sydney, UK. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Oh, it's that's weird. expensive, yeah. Mm. Mm. Crazy. Um, all right, as we're coming down to time, um, just a few more questions and then we'll let you get back to work. Um, so this is the Listen and Do podcast. So what can someone do today? Uh, and over the COVID period to get them started on their journey. Mm. So what can, what would I advise someone to do today? So Mm -hmm. like if someone was to listen to this podcast and listen to you speak, um, Mm. based on your own experiences, what could they take out of it and apply if they're looking to start on, start their own business? Like where would Mm -hmm. someone start? Yeah, honestly, um, anyone, I'm a big 
advocate on innovation. I think everyone has the ability to start business like right now or in five minutes later. What you need to do, get a pen and paper, write down what you want to start on and just get on designing. And you don't have to be a designer, draw up something. Um, you can even Google like design mock-ups, download, like get Photoshop, go to Canva, free design tools and kind of look at um, what your products would be like or what your service would be like. If it's a service, maybe start designing a website. If it's a product, go on um, mockupworld.com and get like products sample in Photoshop file and just start putting mockups. And after you have your products, what you do is just tell your friends and family about it. Because once you tell someone, once you kind of speak more about it, you feel more motivated yourself and you feel like, oh, you already told this friend, you have to make them trust you. You feel like- Yeah, you've got that accountability now. Yeah. Yeah. You tell your family about it. They're going to be watching what you're doing. And that's where um, I started with mine. I showed all my friends donut t-shirt and I felt like I already showed all my friends. Now I got to do it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Easy piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. And um, I guess where can people reach out to you? How do they follow you? We've mentioned your Instagram, um, but you want to give a shout out to your social media so we can just put it in our uh, website in the descriptions. Yeah, awesome. So um, apart from um, Pog Tea Shop on Instagram, you can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm very active in that, in the career path, or to designers. I think that, that's all my thoughts. Sorry, and did you say LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. Okay, so on LinkedIn, would they look up your name or would they look up Pog Yep, you can look up um, a company profile called Pockety or you can look up as Penny Talalak. So that's my actual full last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. We'll put your details in our episode description. Um, look, thanks so much for joining us today. We wanted to keep it short and sweet where I need to go back to work. You need to go to back to work. Um, so <laughs> I think, yeah, really cool what you're doing. I had a look through your page and it's really attractive. Like it's, yeah, it's very visually stimulating. So we'll be following and looking to see your business grow and grow and then buy a few T-shirts along the way. Oh, thank you, you guys. And thank you for having me. It's my first podcast. It's so exciting. Awesome. No See you in a few more in the future. Have a good day. Awesome. You See too. You Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning to the Listen and Do podcast. We've got a lot planned in the upcoming year, so you can keep up to date with what we're doing on our Instagram and Facebook pages at the L&D podcast. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a review and rating. It really helps us out. Thank you for listening, and now it's time to go out and do this.